Welcome, Sacred Disruptor, to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, modern medicine priestess, golden age business mentor, and marketing muse for spiritual entrepreneurs. In this sacred temple, we explore what it means to embark on your spiritual journey towards sovereign embodiment, multidimensional leadership, and social justice while honoring a business of integrity. Gathered here are some of the world's leading mentors, healers, and revolutionists alike as they share activating codes of guidance and transmissions of wisdom that will empower you to thrive. As a sovereign leader, you are here, embodied in your truth and on your evolutionary mission to answer the call, move the masses, and activate your legacy for the generations to come. You are here to unleash your medicine. Welcome home. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and let me just say what a pleasure it is to have you here because I have a very, very, very special guest. And this conversation I have with Rashonda Tremble is a super special one for me. This was the very first conversation I had with a guest after my seizure that I had at the end of October, where I felt like was my rebirth. And this woman is someone I truly, truly value and respect. And there's no accident that spirit had us have this conversation together, being this being the first one after, you know, losing my memory and having these seizures and having these rebirths, because if there's anything that has helped me along the way has been the medicine of tarot. And it's really fun because her business is called Stay Woke Tarot. And the very first course that I ever created was called Stay Woke. And not only that, but she also works a lot with the numinous from Ruby Warrington, who's still one of my favorite guests I've had on this podcast. And if you want to tune in to that episode, check out the show notes below. But a little bit about Rashonda. This woman is a powerhouse who's been reading tarot for over 20 years. And the way that the, after like having this conversation with her and hearing more about her book and what she's doing because she created the Numinous Tarot Guide, which is a really powerful book. And it's really unique compared to other tarot books because she's keeping it relevant with what's going on. And you'll hear more about it in this conversation. But if you haven't, get your hands on it. Again, those links are also in the show notes. And I'm just, I'm excited that there's more creative leaders who are bridging the gap between these traditional metaphysical teachings and the world that we're living in today. This is how we get to infuse the occult into our culture in a way that is integrous and aligned. And so, you know, she's really here to help people discover why they think the way they do. And there is times in this conversation where there was hmm, going back and forth on hearing perspectives that was really beautiful and really awesome as well. But, you know, it's really it's a really beautiful thing to see the magic and the medicine of tarot in the mundane. And when she decided to create Stay Woke Tarot, she she wanted to really help people be aware 
of the whys and the hows and the what ifs of what's going on so that we can be alert and really identify and assess like what is going on and how can we impact on a socioeconomic level what is going on, whether through seeing what's happening mainstream media, seeing how we can really step into our power. And so she does personal readings. She also does uh, weekly readings for the Numinous. And I'm really excited for you to, to tune into this episode because we talked a lot about her journey with the Numinous as well as what differentiates this Numinous tarot guide that she wrote from other tarot books and really seeing tarot and seeing it as a divination versus an excavation tool, which I thought was a really awesome perspective. And we just really dove in deep with that. We also talked about honoring the fool's journey and doing it on your terms. And this is something that I've been really relating to on my own journey, especially as right now, my main devotion and my main focus is my business. Um, Excuse me, is my health and my business, I should say. My health is my top priority. But right now with my business, I'm offering great discounts with all of my courses. They're all 25% off with the code REBIRTH. And I don't know when it's closing. I'm just hearing right now that you can get the Mystic Planner, you can get Alchemize Your Systems, you can get Thrive, all at 25% off right now with the code rebirth and those proceeds will help fund a lot of the medical bills that I've been navigating through after numerous brain scans and doctor's appointments and on figuring out why these seizures are happening. And to me, like I said, this is part of my fool's journey, my journey that I'm in total surrender of what God has in my, has planned for me in my life and how I can continue to be of service with you. But Besides that, let's dive back into what else this conversation is about. So we talked about Rashunda's journey with tarot and she lives in Switzerland. So we talked a lot about mystic culture in Switzerland, which was really special because, you know, growing up Italian and and being raised by Italians, you know, my mom's a first generation American. I have such a special place in my heart for European culture. And we talked a lot about what's going on with how do we continue to honor, again, the traditions while also being aware and remaining on point during these revolutionary times. We also talked about how to answer the call to be part of the revolution and the rise of mysticism in our culture. So our prayer is that you continue to remain aware during this revolution. And again, if you want to get a reading from her, uh, you can follow her at Stay Woke Tarot. You can also go to her website, staywoketarot.com and let her know that you tuned into the Sovereign Society podcast. Take a screenshot. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating and review, especially if you are listening on iTunes to help bring this medicine out there. But I'm really excited to be sharing with you this episode. Like I said, the fact that this was the first conversation I had after my seizure It was a really special one for me and truly a blessing uh, to hear the medicine from this conversation. And so I'm really excited to be sharing it with you. So without further ado, let's talk about tarot magic and the mundane. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome back to this episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm really excited to be here today with my dear sister, Rashanda, who... ah, 
This is a really special episode because this is the first conversation I've had with a guest since I had my rebirth is the way that I'm seeing this recent seizure I had uh, back in October. And it was right before Halloween and the ancestors are coming through. And I share that because to me, tarot is so ancestral and it's, it's a tool that's been shared for so long and has taken us through a journey and it is based on a journey, right? When we go through mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, major mm-hmm. arcana, it's a journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when we mm-hmm. go through the minor arcana, we're honoring the elements of earth, air, water, fire. Like mm-hmm. these, there's such a rise of the occult coming because our ancestors are here to support us as we navigate through this human experience. So I just want to say thank you, sister, for being here and for sharing your medicine. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. And especially during this time, which you've been through. Um, yeah, it's a really auspicious moment. And I think it is. Um, I think we we should take the opportunity to see what the what the messages are. Mm. that come through. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Mm, I love it. Yes. And I love that this was through the numinous because one of my favorite guests I've had on this space has been Ruby Warrington. Mm-hmm. And the way that she also chose to answer the call and follow her Dharma and create this whole brand and then bringing forth so many powerful medicine people like yourself to come on and read and create books and all these things. I would love Mm -hmm. to hear how that journey also started with you and Ruby, because like I said, Ruby is one of my favorite people. Shout out to Ruby. If you want to hear the episode that I had with Ruby, everyone check in the show notes and listen to it because it's, it's a very genuine and real conversation. So now I would love to hear how this journey started yeah this was um it was really incredible it was a lot of oh my gosh I cannot believe this is happening on on both of our sides but what happened was just to let everybody know you know it's a numinous tarot guide a new way to read the cards that's what you know the numinous has put out and you know I, I I contributed to it I wrote the text for it and what happened was I had lot like months before I had made the decision to forego creating content for the corporate world. Mm. And I had said, you know, this is a, it doesn't feel right. B it's just, I could be serving a, a, a I don't want to say a higher purpose because I, I don't want to knock anyone who is doing stuff for corporate, but it's not that it's just, I had said I could be serving another purpose that is truer to what I want to do. It's yeah. It's not a higher purpose. It's your purpose. It's my purpose. Exactly. exactly. And so, mm-hmm. and I had said, okay, uh, I love writing. I love writing about, you know, spirituality and, and helping people connect the mundane, the quote unquote mundane world to spirituality and to the spiritual world. And I had been a follower of the Numinous and uh, I liked what Ruby was doing. And so I just sent her, 
I sent her a quick email, just a cold email, like like a year or two ago saying, you know, hey, if you ever need someone to write for the Numinous or whatever, I'd like to offer my services. And and Ruby wrote back and she was like, you know, I, I have actually been following you and I like what you're doing. So if the opportunity comes up, just, you know, um, you know, I'll reach out. And then she wrote back and asked if I would be interested in doing the taroscopes because mm-hmm. uh, Ruby, has a, Ruby has a wonderful program. It's a reader in residence program for tarot readers. And she invites a tarot reader uh, to be a reader in residence for a year. Mm. And so she said, would you be interested in doing this for a year? And I was like, well, yeah, cool. I could do videos. Hey, that's, that's pretty cool. And I kid you not, probably after maybe two or three weeks after we had said, okay, let's, let's, you know, work on the telescopes. Ruby wrote to me and she said, you're not going to believe this. I was like, what? And she, she said, let's have a call. And we had the call and she said, I have just, you know, been contacted by whatever this publisher was asking, you know, if I was interested in doing, if the numinous was interested in doing a book on tarot and do you know a tarot reader? And I was like, And both of us were just staring at each other like, how is this? How did this happen? And so we just said, okay, this this was meant to be because so many things just falling into place. We said, okay, this is, you know, something is there and the universe is sending a message for, you know, this something to happen and for this book to um, this book to uh, come to life. And that's really what happened. And so the offer came for the book and we started working on it and and then it happened. Mm. But it really, it was just one, two, three, four, just things falling into place. And there were a lot of Zoom calls and Google Meet calls with us just looking at each other going, can you believe this? And it was, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. So that's how the Numinous Tarot Guide came uh, came to be. I love that. And that's yeah. because you had this intuitive hunch to mm-hmm. reach out. Like that was you taking that leap of faith to reach out. Something in, inside was like, let me send this cold call email to it someone I appreciate. Someone, had, I, someone I value. Had, had, I, I, I appreciated Ruby. I, you know, I loved her work. I visited her website, had never contacted her, had never met her, had never DM'd her really or anything. It was just a cold email. And that's all of this happened. I love that. Can you believe it? So if you're listening and there is a teacher that you respect and you feel as though you can contribute and work, Take that leap of faith. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I if if you, to the people out there, if you don't get anything else from this from this video or podcast or ever how you're you're listening or watching this, send that email, send that DM, um, reach out, send that letter, send that that pigeon. However way you're going to do it, go ahead and do it because you never know. And even if that person can't use you. They know people. They'll say, okay, maybe you're not right for this, but I know someone that you may be right for. So go ahead and do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. So that's my message. Yeah. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I, I love that. So 
with that journey and taking the leap of faith that led to you writing the Numinous Tarot Guide, what was the driving force that you knew that was going to be unique? Like, how is this, but how did you know that this book was going to be something different mm. than all the other tarot books out there? Um, the main thing is that every, I get something out of every tarot book that I have. Mm-hmm. So I, I truly appreciate uh, what I have learned through reading and experiencing and talking to my mentors. I, I will say that how this is different is that it has modern day stories that link modern day to tarot. I don't believe there's a book out there that links gentrification mm. to tarot like the Six of Swords. Mm. I'm not sure if there's a book out there that links, you know, the potential for burnout to the two of pentacles. I'm not exactly I sure. I love this. If, yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. So it's more about just being real and saying, you know, this is what's going on in the day to day. And this is how you can link tarot to um, what's going on in your life. And it's again, adaptive. It's, it's adaptive. It's ad- exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and um, I've said this before uh, that Tarot can be used as a divination tool Mm. or an excavation tool. Mm. And so I use it mostly as an excavation tool. And what I'm hoping is that folks can dig into the Numinous Tarot Guide and also use it to excavate thoughts, feelings, the, the reason why they're doing things or what's behind this particular action or this particular thought. And they can use the cards and the mm. images on the cards to sort of link to that and just to figure out why. Mm. That is beautiful. So I'm actually in a tarot deck. Okay. Wow. I, okay. Which deck? I am in the Moonchild Tarot. From Danielle Noel. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I am the Six of Pentacles. Oh, that's very interesting. It's the balancing the give and take. And so what, why the Six of Pentacles? I'm very curious to that. That's what she had me as. Okay. Okay. She put me as the Six of Pentacles. And to me, I'm a Gemini Mm -hmm. and... I've been working a lot without throughout my journey of balance and really finding that. And it's amazing because my best friend is the five of pentacles. uh, And then I'm the six of pentacles, which is, you know, it's pretty fascinating in that sense. And uh, yeah, I actually have, I have it right there. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Okay. There you are. Yep. And so Danielle gave me a print of it recently. And uh, yeah, it's just something that when I pull that card and I pull myself, it's confirming to me that I've found this balance within, which is something that I've been striving for um, my entire life. And uh Like I said, the fact that I'm having this conversation with you 
days after I had a seizure and I'm seeing this world with new eyes, the eyes that I've like, I see the, I'm seeing the world through divine eyes right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the balance that I've, I've been craving myself to balance my ego and myself as well. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. yes, we can transcend the ego, but there's also parts of us that the suffering that the ego can experience or navigate through has the ability to transform into compassion for those once we've alchemized that, that suffering. Because to me, a person in ego is a person suffering because they are disconnected from God. They are disconnected from their true self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And so, and so for me, yeah, just anytime I pull my six of pentacles, it's just like, you're on the path, you're on the right path, you're on the right track. And actually this morning I pulled the six of pentacles, which is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so with that, I would love to talk about for us to dive deeper into the journey of the major arcana. Okay. And talk about what your interpretation is or how you feel of like going from like the fool and the tower moments and justice and the mm -hmm. sun, mm -hmm. the moon. Like, mm -hmm. I would love to hear, like you said, you've written a book that is adaptable to the current times and what's going on. What do you see as the tarot journey from the beginning to the end, like in the major arcana? I, to be very honest with you, uh, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot, the fool's path or the fool's journey or however you want to call that, mm -hmm. I am beginning to see that now as the fool's hopscotch because time isn't linear. Mm. At least I don't think it is. Mm -hmm. You know, we we sit up and we say, for example, um, you fall in love, get married, have a baby. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the mainstream linear, mm. but that's not reality. And I see, you know, some people have a baby, get married, fall in love or do the reverse. And I, I see the fool's journey or the fool's um, path, however you want to call it, is it's like hopscotch. For example, you may come into a quote unquote new situation and you may think, oh, it's the fool. Because you automatically think, okay, new situation of fool. But you may walk into that situation and however way, maybe it's through uh, messages from your intuition, messages from your ancestors, messages from whatever, where you have a complete picture of everything and that's the world. Hmm. So, so I am now in this process of sort of trying to... Um, pull the fool's journey, the major arcana away from number one is a fool. Uh, I'm sorry, zero, zero. is a fool. Mm -hmm. Zero is a fool. One is uh, uh, what the magician mm -hmm. and then two is the high priestess. Mm -hmm. Maybe you jump right in and you have that high priestess energy of being still and having that self-knowledge. Maybe you jump right into the major arcana and you're having your tower moment where mm. everything's fuck nuts. 
And so, I mean, it it really is. And I I think that that journey, if we start looking at it as something where it's like particular life stages Mm. and you can be at whatever life stage, depending on what's going on and not locking yourself into, well, it has to be the full. It has to. And then after the full, it has to be this and it has to be that. So that's sort of how I feel about the um, the major arcana and the fool's journey right now. That is amazing because. I, I, I relate to it a lot. Like, and I said, I feel like I've had my, my, I had my tower moment and to me, you know, having from, I had my first seizure almost a year ago today as we're recording Mm. and I've had a handful since throughout the year where Mm. I was in the hospital, um, I found myself on the floor at my house um, Mm -hmm. and called my parents and had them come and pick me up. Um, I've gone, I've had multiple brain scans and I think there's also a part of when you're talking about, it can go different ways. I think in life as well, because I feel like with my journey is like specifically, I feel like I found the root of what started this this whole, uh, experience I've been navigating through something I've been fighting since 2007 and, uh, tools like tarot have helped me see that. And I think there has to also be like, we can't be like dependent on these tools as well. Right. And I think that's there, that's part of the balance Mm -hmm. of, Mm -hmm. of it. Yes. These are tools, but like, you have to also trust yourself and go within and listen in that sense as well. So I'm curious to hear how your journey with tarot started because it's like I said, it's, it's such a, a tool that's been used for. So I just love that we're talking, like we're recording this conversation around Halloween as well. Like yeah, I just needed yeah. to share that, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but I would love to hear your journey as to where tarot became a piece of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, let, let me just say that before I even tell the story, I, I have always had sort of um, an opening to the spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always had this, this leading towards it. Mm. And so what happened was I was a, uh, I was a reporter for a TV station in North Carolina. Mm. And I'd been given this assignment to, I think it was about um, alternative practices, alternative spiritual practices. And probably because I was known as the one who was open to that type of thing, I was given the assignment and I was supposed to interview a woman who's a Reiki practitioner and she would not give me the interview until she had done my cards. Mm. And she did a reading for me and it was... uh, it opened up a lot, you know, I won't go into, you know, everything that we talked about, but it really, um, it stuck with me, especially, you know, connecting the images. How old would you say you were at that time? I was 20, I'm 51 now. So 
let's just say I was probably, I want to say 25, 26. It's, mm-hmm. it's been a while ago. So I was, it's been almost been before your Saturn return. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I was, this was a while back mm-hmm. and I, I, I said, wow, okay, this I'm really connecting to this. And mm-hmm. I just went from there. Uh, I read mostly for myself. Mm. I did not read for anyone for a long, long time. I'm talking about a good, I want to say before I read for anyone else, probably about a decade or 15 years went by. Mm. And so I was doing it only for myself. And then I started reading for my friends. And the way I got into doing it professionally was I just was reading for a friend in a restaurant and, you know, I just put the cards on a table and she looked at me and she said, you know, you really should be doing this professionally because I'm seeing a whole nother side of you. And I was like, no, I could never do it professionally or take money or whatever. And she was like, no, you really should. And then the uh, person that was waiting on us saw what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And she came up and said, could you read my cards for me? I'm like, aren't you on your shift? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, what, what, what the hell? She said, give me a second. And then she had someone cover some tables for her or whatever. She came back and I, re- I read her cards. Mm. And so that was my journey. But but my journey was more of it felt right. Mm. It, it matched what I was doing uh, or it matched what I needed, even when I didn't know mm-hmm. what I, I needed. I needed those visual Uh, I needed those visual cues, those 78 visual cues to link into my intuition and to help me dig down into my psyche and figure out why am I doing this? Why do I keep repeating this pattern? Why do I keep doing Mm -hmm. this? And so that's how tarot helped. And that was that that basically was my journey. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I come from... I was so funny when I was, when I was reading, when you were like setting up your, you know, when we were scheduling our whole thing, Mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about what's inspiring you right now is that you moved to the Italian section of Switzerland. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I love that because my fam, my family is like super Italian. Like my grandfather, my grandfather, my, I was raised by my nonno and my mm-hmm. parents had my my dad has is an Italian chef. He's been a chef for over 42 years. Wow. My, my grandfather was a chef. We had restaurants in Italy, all mm-hmm. over California. Um, my grandfather, I grew up with him having a kitchen in his garage. Cool. Like very like traditional Italian family and so much of the Italian culture is also so interwoven with the occult Very as much well. So. Like Very my, so. my, my aunt Carmela, Samella, she was like a fire pistol and, uh, she, she was, she was a witch, you know? And I think there's no accident why my soul, like my mom had me named Sabrina to continue on with that witchy, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of energy. And so I would love to hear like, cause so are you there now in Switzerland? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Yeah. I've lived in Switzerland for like 20 years. So yeah, I love that. Okay. So you there now, like how, how do you see so much of that culture, um, and the occult interwoven 
into being there. Cause like I said, for me, like it's so my lineage, like I'm a, my mom's first generation American. So it's like, I, it, it's, it's part of my blood. So I would love to hear this experience on how you see the occult really interwoven in your environment. It's interesting because, um, you know, the definition of the word occult, I believe it means covered or not seen. Mm-hmm. But here it's sort of it, it is open and seen and it's so interwoven in the culture. lifestyle here that it's in a culture that it's not. I feel even weird saying a cult mm-hmm. because it's not really a cult. It is culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you know, you go down into Italy and you, you, and like the Italian border is uh, like a five minute drive from where I am. And, amazing. you know, you have, you know, Madonna's everywhere mm-hmm. and you have these, these churches everywhere, these gorgeous churches where, you know, you don't have people going there every single day, but it is part of the community. Being part of the church is is the community, but it doesn't necessarily mean that people are religious mm-hmm. um, in terms of just the spiritual lifestyle. There is just something here. Um, there is a magic in the mundane. Mm. There is in, and, you know, I've, I've traveled down in Italy. I've gone to, you know, like there's a Taroki museum. There's, you know, all of these places and it is where they've sort of blended in this magic with these 78 pieces of cardstock. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, tarot itself, the way we know about it started in Italy, Taroki as a game. Mm-hmm. And yep. then it's sort of, you know, and that was like back in the 1400s, I believe. And so it sort of blossomed from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what it is. That's what I sort of appreciate about this, about the the culture, because there is this spiritual side, but it is so interwoven in the community and in the just it's like the blood. Life. It's the blood it's of the, the blood. Culture. It's in the blood of the culture. Yeah. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. me really emotional. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That makes me really emotional. Um, because like I said, I like on my neck right now, I've got all my charms. I've got my Madonna. I've got Mm -hmm. my, my horn. This was my grandma, my grandfather's I've got my Malocchio on here to like ward off evil. Mm -hmm. I always grew up with all of these symbolisms and I, I saw it as like breadcrumbs to my Dharma and my purpose Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. my bigger mission in that sense as well. Mm -hmm. And also for me being, you know, being African-American, I saw sort of uh, not, not, you know, of course, not like a cultural link, but being an African-American coming from the South, there is a spiritual side of being a black American from the South that is woven into our culture. And I sort of, I saw this parallel between that and the culture here where it's, it's not the religion, at least the way I experienced it wasn't in your face all the time, mm. but it was more of like interwoven in 
you know, in the cooking, you know, mm-hmm. um, being spiritual in terms of cooking, what you're putting in your food, yeah. uh, in terms of how you're treating people uh, who may have an illness or who may have something going on. It's all interwoven. Mm. And that's what I saw. And that's what I like about the uh, uh, like about the culture. I this this conversation is just pure medicine for me (laughs) because it's, it's taken, like, it took me time to win my own journey to recognize how mysticism is also part because there was a lot of shame or fear or because of the church, uh, you -hmm. know, of condemning, but I Mm -hmm. think there was just so much misunderstanding Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's been part of my healing journey and something that I know has been fueling me to share and have conversations like this to to bring medicine and to unleash my medicine to help people mm-hmm. stay woke to like what's actually happening. Like mm-hmm, my very mm-hmm. first program I created was called Stay Woke. Wow. OK. My very wow. first online course was called Stay Woke. And it was all about teaching people how to trust their intuition and to heal their inner child and to connect with their ancestry. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you are called, you call your platform Stay Woke Tarot, like Mm -hmm. you can't make this shit up. You can't ignore these synchronicities and this alignment in these conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to hear with that, like what made you know that you were calling your brand Stay Woke Tarot? Um, well, it's a couple of things. I mean, the first thing is that um, Dr. Martin Luther King, back in the 1960s, in the early 60s, he had the speech, and I believe he gave the speech more than once. It's called stay, uh, uh, remaining aware during a revolution. Mm. And that was like the concept of stay woke because Dr. King talked about remaining, remaining on point and knowing what's going on during revolutionary times. Mm. And during the speech, he talked about, uh, he, he, you know, gave the parable of rip, I believe it was Rip Van Winkle, where Rip Van Winkle went up this mountain. It was during the 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 Revolutionary War, right before the Revolutionary War. And he went up this mountain and he saw this picture of King George. He went up the mountain, he went to sleep and he stayed asleep for 20 years. When he came back down, the picture of King George had been replaced with George Washington. Hmm. And so the message was, there are so many things going on. We're going, going through revolutionary times. Remain aware of that. Remain aware of what's going on in society. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the reasons why I named it Stay Woke Tarot. And I did it before it became a hashtag. <laughs> it was before, before people started using it as a hashtag. It was, you know, this is like 2015. And I was wondering, how can we use tarot to remain aware of or or be aware of why we do things. Where is this programming coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, 
like, for example, uh, why do I feel like, and this is just me personally, mm-hmm. um, why do I feel like I am under pressure to give birth or have a child to feel like I am a quote unquote woman here in this society. And I had a hard time with the Empress card because normally people would, you know, Empress is, you know, she's pregnant in some decks. Mm -hmm. Um, She's pregnant and she's giving birth and it's about children. It's about being motherly. But through tarot, I realized, you know what? It can, the Empress card can mean more than, just having children. It can mean Mm. giving birth to your ideas. It can mean being out in nature. It can mean protecting nature, Mm. protecting where, protecting your water, protecting your, your, what's growing. Mm. And that's how tarot sort of made me realize there is the mainstream view of things. And then there is my view. Preach. Yeah. And looking at the pictures on those cards and really it's whatever deck you choose, but looking at those pictures on those cards that can help you get in touch with your intuition and sort of dig up what you've pushed down because you've been living through this, whatever, this fuck nut society where we're not using your intuition isn't people don't look too kindly on that. And so when you use tarot or whatever, it could be tea leaves or whatever, but just use something to unlock your intuition and to get back down to that, that DNA knowledge. Mm. And you can say, Hey, wait a second. Mm. What's really going on here? What do I need to remain aware about? What do I need Mm. to stay woke about? And so (laughs) that's sort of my main, you know, my main reason for naming it stay woke tarot. So, yeah. Yeah. So good. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's um, that's where Stay Woke Tarot came from. I look forward to see the future of our society as more and more people accept these mystic tools and adapt them into society to alchemize it into a form of modern mysticism, like you sharing a book that is mm-hmm. creating uh, or sharing definitions of these major minor arcana uh, based off of the reality we're navigating through right now and the adaptation. That's what I'm really looking forward to witness is the adaptation of these mystic tools Mm -hmm. um, where we're still paying reverence for the ancestral uh, connection and the lineage of these tools while also adapting to the Aquarian age, this new Mm -hmm. paradigm. Uh, We all came here to to live, to experience, to, to unleash our medicine mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, like I said, I grew up in the church and after in 2012, I was struck by lightning. And after that, it was, wow. okay. I'm, I'm here to dive in deeper. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here to, to pay reverence for what has been in terms of what's what resonates and what works for me. Mm-hmm. And also being um, aware of what is surrounding me because I've been called to 
bleed and be a revolutionist. Like I, I see myself as a revolutionist. I always have been a sacred disruptor, someone who has wanted to shake shit up because mm-hmm. I don't believe, like you said, like, I don't, I don't believe in some cookie cutter, like way of life. Like we weren't born to fit in. We were made to stand out. And so when we have the courage to, um, I wouldn't even necessarily say question the way things were, but um, infuse or bring, I, it's like curiosity or like insight. I don't know, based mm-hmm. off of your own perspective, based off of your own journey. And I think it's really beautiful too, that, you know, as this strong black woman who is living in Europe and, Mm -hmm. you know, came from the South moving to Europe and you're using this opportunity to pay reverence from a space in an environment that has such strong, uh, occult in the blood Mm -hmm. of the land and the soil Mm -hmm. of the land and using Mm -hmm. that to be part of the revolution. So how are you seeing, or how are you choosing to answer the call right now to be part of the revolution? Hmm. Well, one is writing the book, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the first thing with the new ministerial guide. I think the second way that I am sort of choosing, I guess you could say to be, part of the revolution is honestly living my life, Mm. Um, living my life to where people can see that I said, I have said no to Mm -hmm. some pretty, you know, lucrative opportunities Mm -hmm. where I actually said, oh my God, will I live through this? And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God, I did. Mm -hmm. I survived. You didn't survive. You thrived through that. Yeah. And, and Mm. because there were some times when I was like, did I do the right thing by saying no to this or no to that? And finally saying, no, this does not feel right for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, leaving jobs that didn't feel right for me. And then when I saw what was going on, I was like, "Mm, don't know about that. Mm. Um, Leaving even relationships Mm. where it was like, mm, don't know about that, where I could have had a, an extremely comfortable life. I was like, mm, mm, don't know. So I, I I hope and pray that at least the people around me see how I'm living my life, mm. you know, not being so, I'm, I'm not, I'm not presentational. I'm actually, I'm actually an introvert, mm. very much so. But I, I just hope people see that I am trying my best to live my life in a way that I can look at myself in the morning in the mirror and say, okay, you know, I'm happy with where, where I am. There were times where I did not want to look at myself in the morning. Mm, There were times when, yeah, I, I was doing things or, working in jobs and, you know, creating content for, uh, I mean, I won't go deep into it, but creating content where I knew I was like, mm, don't know if this is true, but I still mm-hmm. have to do it. Cause I got to get this check, mm-hmm. you know, which is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got to the point, I was like, you know what, I got to make some decisions. Cause one way or another, I'm going to have to pay for this. Mm. 
I'm going to have to pay for the words that I am putting out. Mm-hmm. And then I have to, I, you know, to say you're living your life authentically, that is becoming so trite. You know, people say that all the time, but just, I just say living my life in a way to where when I leave this body mm-hmm. and I go to wherever I'm going to go when I'm 80 or whatever, and I get to whoever is making that decision, you know, I can say, you know what? I, I did the best I could with what mm-hmm. I had. Mm-hmm. And I tried to live in a, in a way that was truthful to myself and mm-hmm. they send me on wherever I'm supposed to go. So that, that's what I, that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. And you're not trying, you're doing. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think we doubt ourselves with saying like, Oh, I'm trying my best. Like you need to give yourself more credit of you're doing yeah. your best, you know? Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's something that I actively work to witness and to, ex- and mm-hmm. to see is like giving myself more credit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially yeah. when you're choosing to answer the call and do something outside the comfort zone or yeah. whatever, you know, mm-hmm, you're going, mm-hmm. you're going against the norm um, mm-hmm. because you're paving a new path. That's how you're choosing to, that's part of the revolution in that sense Mm -hmm, too, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you're paving a new path and uh, choosing to answer the call. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, you know, and I also know that not everyone can do that Yes, because of whatever reason. And that also needs to be respected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree to that. So now with these tools that have been, past for centuries and they're coming more to the forefront of the mainstream media. And we're seeing them as the norm in a way of our Mm -hmm. society, right? This is, this is to me, the blood of what's happening in the, you know, 2020s and Mm -hmm. beyond, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I think ever since the, the Mayan calendar shift of, the, you know, of 2012 mm-hmm. and it took nine years, you know, we had to go through a, a, a Saturn like quadrant, as, you know, to, to really integrate because I do a lot, I deal, I work a lot with tantric numerology. It's like one of my favorite tools that I've learned as a Kundalini yoga practitioner. And for instance, like the nine is the subtle body. So what lives on when we die is the soul and the subtle body. So the subtle body is like, Hey, there's a song that's playing and it reminds me of my grandfather or like, Hey, here's a bird that was like my best friend, or, you know what I mean? It's the subtlety that goes on that we can continue to communicate through that sense. And so now here we are almost at the end of 2021, nine years after the Mayan calendar shift and Mm -hmm. the shadow period of this integration. And I don't know about you, but I've been feeling so much. uh, I mean, especially after I've had the seizure, I've been, I, I woke up from that and I'm seeing this place with brand new eyes. I see God, I see love, I see everything that I strive to, to see and to actualize that I knew was a possibility. And it wouldn't be without tools like social media. Here we are connecting across the world where our hearts are connecting. We get to share mm-hmm. this space and talk about 
this medicine, this mysticism, the the spiritual truth of who we are in, in this human experience. How do you see these tools continuing to raise the frequency of the planet and revolutionizing the world and humanity as we know it? Wow, that's a big question. Um, I am not entirely sure hmm. if the tools are doing the work or we're doing the work and the tools are just amplifying our power. Hmm. Like they're holding the container. Do you see they're holding holding the space? Mm -hmm. I think they're, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. that's what's going on. I, um, that that's what's going on. But the other thing is you're right. The occult, you know, tarot and astrology and all this stuff is coming into the mainstream. Do I think it's permanent? No, Hmm. I don't think it's permanent. I think you do have people who are interested in it now in the occult right now, but Mm. for some folks, it's a trend Mm. and it helps if it helps them get through this particular time, then that's fine. But I, I do think, you know, I just saw, I just saw an article in the guardian today about tarot and I was just like, okay. Um, I, I, I think it's good that, People are more open to it right Mm -hmm. now, but I do think there will be a fall off Mm. and the people who stick with it after that fall off, those are the ones who will be doing the work. Mm. And those are the ones who are the leaders. Those will exactly. Those will be the leaders because it's, I I think there's going to be a fall off. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I, this, this, I, I think tarot and astrology in terms of the mainstream, it's going to be the same thing as you remember hookah. Who, everybody was into hookah, you know, the Danish hookah. And I'm saying this because my, my, my husband's Danish and, you know, it was, everybody was into that and they were doing their knitting and their socks and talking about being cozy and all that. You don't hear it anymore. So do you feel like this is a trend? I think for some people it is. And mm. as I was saying, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily looking down on it because it's a trend. I think some people need tarot astrology, these divinatory practices to get them over. You know, it's like a bridge Mm -hmm. to get them to the other side. Mm -hmm. When they get to that other side, they kind of leave it, you know, leave it behind. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But there will be some people who hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones we're talking about, like the leaders, the ones who are going to step out and say, OK, how can we use these tools to better society? And I think those are the people that, you know, we should focus on and join and help, mm-hmm. you know, help them as they are trying to, you know, do their work. The other folks, I think it's fine if you use tarot to get you through whatever. And you say, okay, I don't, I don't need this anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's, that's fine. Not knocking it at all. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's just my view. That's just Mm -hmm. my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a, it's like, like, like we've been talking about, it's a lot about adapt adaptation Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. adapting Mm -hmm. to, uh, the, uh, the curiosity people have of like, okay, so now with this, now what, like, what am I, yeah. what, what do I use to, to get me through this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there are some people who may start using tarot mm-hmm. and they use that as a bridge to start 
doing only oracle cards Mm -hmm. and then they use that as a bridge to only do I Ching. Mm. So it's, I mean, the perfect example of that that I see is Doreen Virtue. Because she had Mm -hmm. all of her decks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. she stopped printing them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now she's just focused on Jesus. Yeah. And And that's her journey. And I think that's that's her journey. That's part of what this adaptation is, is Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. everyone can respect your journey, her journey, his journey, their journey. And some tools, you may outgrow them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's okay. And that's fine. And 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 that's what I'm saying. If that's if if folks just need this as a a bridge, mm-hmm. then that's that's okay. You know, I must say this, you know, use it as a bridge, but then don't knock the people who keep using it. Mm-hmm. If you use tarot and then you say, okay, this isn't yeah. for me, I'm or or I'm I'm done with using this, I don't need it anymore. Okay, that's fine. But don't don't may, don't knock may you be blessed. May you be blessed. May you be blessed. And I think if they start judging, that's the ego. And that's completely separating themselves from the bigger why. Exactly. So why they even started Mm -hmm. working Mm -hmm. with these tools. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's the way I feel. So I I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. And just to share a blessing. You know, if it's a, it's a tool that you don't resonate with anymore, but other people do, mm-hmm. may you be blessed, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and good luck on your journey. <laughs> exactly. But, I think, exactly. You know? exactly. but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to continue to see how, uh, this culture continues to evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am too. I'm, I'm interested to seeing, um, how, what will tarot astrology, all of these things look like in the next two, three, four years? Because, mm. you know, yeah, you read about tarot and cos, cos, Cosmo and glamour and yeah. all these, you know, let, let's see if they're still doing stories about it in the next couple of years. I hope so. I do too. I so hope I, 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 I pray, I, I pray, I hope and pray <laughs> that these stories are still there. And that's yeah. why if anybody from, from Cosmo glamor, whatever, keep doing it. Yeah. Keep, keep and I, spreading my the prayer, word about my this. prayer yeah. is that it's still being used and done with reverence and integrity. Exactly. Exactly. Reverence and integrity. And yes. I, and I see that I see yes. that in, in the articles and that's what I hope uh, that's what I hope continues. Well, I don't like to say hope because hope is a beggar. So I like to have faith in knowing that it will. I'm sorry, hope is a what? Hope is a beggar is what they say. Like hope is a beggar because you're like, oh, I hope I get this. Like fingers crossed, like believe in it. Like that's where, that's the way that I see it. Like I do my best to be like, okay, who I believe in this. Like, I believe that this can be the future. You know, so what if your name is hope you're screwed? <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. No, this is I think, I think it could, you know, cause hope is, can be an antonym in a way that it can okay, have yeah. multiple meanings. True. True. There you go. Okay. That's my right. answer was, to that. Okay. That's thank my answer you. to thank that. You. Okay. You know what All I mean? Right. Cool. Cool. Hope, All hope right. is All an right. antonym where it can mm-hmm. have multiple meanings, but it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I hope and pray like a goal. That means like you're not having, it's like you're doubting. That's the way that I see it sometimes. So it can be based okay. on the way that 
that it's perceived, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. The way yeah, that I, I think of it is like, okay, where's my faith? Like my faith is that, you know, this, this tool has been something that's helped me and continues yes. to help mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And my prayer is that the reverence of this tool and this medicine can continue forth to help other people along the way. And so mm-hmm. that's where I put my energy more so than like holding my breath of like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Is there mm-hmm. like, like for like doubt to creep in? Right, so. right. I get it. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. That's my take on so, that. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. No worries. No worries. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. my, that's how I stay woke to it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. how can I, where, where is there like a beacon of doubt versus like, this is an inner knowing that like, I feel within like, my soul that, mm-hmm. that and maybe that's part of my leadership. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and oh. it, it, that goes into it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah. Cool. So, cool. but anywho, I want to, this has been such a beautiful, special conversation and yeah. I really appreciate you coming on, but before we close out, I have a few lightning round questions. I want okay. to Okay. Oh my gosh. All right. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. All right. So what would you say is your favorite tarot deck? Oh my gosh. It depends on the day. You know, uh, right now the Tazama African tarot deck is Beautiful. one of my favorites. The second favorite one right now is tarot for kids by Teresa Reed. Cool. The tarot lady. It is it. I, I just sent Teresa a, a, a message today saying I flipped through this deck and I tear up because it's so sweet and the artwork is so gentle and it is for kids and it has such a, a beautiful message. It's very gentle. So that's one of my favorite decks. That's a um, leader. That's a leader yeah. right there. Yeah, that's um, uh, it really de- it depends. Um, I have another deck that I love. It's called the Saki Saki Tarot by Monica mm. Cleo Saki. She is um, she I think the deck is out of print now, but she's an artist out of Tel Aviv. And it is a gorgeous deck that's full of like color and life. And it's, it's for artists or people who are trying to get in touch with their creativity, no matter what's going on. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, I mean, I don't have one favorite deck because I have about 130 decks. Mm, I have a, a plethora myself. Okay. Yeah. And so I just <laughs> rotate, I rotate through them yeah. depending on the vibe. Um, depending on the vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just depending on the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ask me next week, what's my favorite deck, I'll give you five other, uh, five other choices. Amazing. I love that. So yeah. What, okay. What's, what's the next question? What's your favorite crystal? Oh, that depends too. Um, right now I am g- using just a lot of clear quartz, just a normal clear quartz for clarity, mm-hmm. especially since I have just, uh, I've just moved. So I just need to be clear on what needs to be done. Uh, I'm trying to see what else. Um, that's sort of my, my main one right now. I have a lot of crystals like lapis mm-hmm. lazuli and tiger eye, and it really just depends on what's going on. But that, a lot of tiger eye, the empress, a lot of, exactly. Ta- yeah. I, yep. Mm-hmm. I have like, I have lots of tiger. So it, it depends on what mood I'm in right now. Mm, yes. So, yeah. Okay. What would you say has been the best concert you've ever been to? 
prince in a revolution. Wow. I'm showing my age because that was probably, that was when Purple Rain came out. Beautiful. That was, was, I'm going to say 86, 87, 88. I want to say I was in high school, but um, the concert was at the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis. And it was Prince and a Revolution, Time, and Sheila E. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the best one. But I'm telling you, that was like, I want to say, I cannot remember when Purple Rain came out, but I want to say I was in high school. Wow. So that had to have been late 80s or so. That was the best concert that I had been to. I yes. saw Prince in a flesh. So yeah, yeah. Yes, I yeah. love that. Yeah. What would you say to younger Rashunda? Oh, wow. That's a podcast in itself. Um, I would say, oh my gosh, because it's so many, I mean, so many things happen. I would say dad was right. Mm. And I say that because, uh, and I mean, this is going to make the podcast go on longer than what it needs to be, but I was very, I was, now they call it bullying, but mm. I was very much bullied in, um, in high school and junior high school for my looks, you know, mm. I'm a dark skinned black woman. I was, you know, dark. I had a gap in my teeth. My hair, I had a relaxer, but it just didn't work. And uh, I got teased a lot. Mm-hmm. I got teased a lot. Um, what the kids used to do me, do to me, I would walk down the halls of school or I'd sit at a lunch table, whatever. And they started going like this because they said I looked like a fly. Mm-hmm. And... What I would say to Rashonda, who, I mean, you wouldn't believe the thoughts that were going through my mind when I was a kid and I was being bullied and teased so much. But my dad would always tell me, um, he'd say, you know what? His his mother died. Uh, my grandmother passed when my dad was like maybe three or four years old. Mm. And so he did not really remember what his mom looked like, but his mm-hmm. relatives would all the time tell him how beautiful his mom was and, and um, give her description. Mm-hmm. And so when I would be so depressed and down because of the kids bullying me, I would talk to my dad and he would say, you know what? When I was growing up, people would talk about how beautiful my mom was and they would describe her and when they would describe her, they would describe her and I think she looks just like you. Mm. And don't worry. These kids are just, just stupid and they don't know the beauty that they're looking at. Don't worry, honey. It's going to come through. Trample women blossom. Oh, that was really special. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Yeah. That's what I would, I would, I, I would tell the, the, the younger Rashonda that just, just hold on, just, mm. just hold on. You're going to be okay. Where can we find more of you? You can find more of me at, well, my website is staywoketarot.com. We talked about that. Um, 
Instagram, Stay Woke Tarot, Twitter, Stay Woke Tarot. Wherever you see Stay Woke Tarot is probably me. And make sure YouTube you're looking whatever. out for those scammers because there's all these random oh, accounts on Instagram. My. I, I, got, I got followed by Stay Woke Tarot one the other day and I'm like, bitch, you ain't. You no, ain't Rashonda. Come no, no, on. No, 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 no. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, um, I've just given up. So guys, you all know the only way I, I do readings. Let me just say that I do tarot readings and the way you get a tarot reading from me is that you sign up to my newsletter, saywoketarot.com slash newsletter. And I announce when the slots are open. I do not send DMs through Instagram. If you get something saying, I want to give you a reading or whatever through a DM from me, supposedly on Instagram, it's not me. Mm. So that's where you can find me on my website. Just go to staywoketarot.com. That's where I am. Perfect. And what last little nugget of wisdom would you like to share? Trust your intuition. Mm. Because nine times out of 10, it's right. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for going there with me today and for sharing your medicine and having this really special conversation. I really appreciate it. And everyone, thank you. Go make sure you check out all the links are in the show notes and we'd love to hear what you thought and we'll be seeing you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcast. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because we've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam. Satnam.